Well, good afternoon. I don't normally say that, but uh, today I'm not getting this recording out until the afternoon. And uh, Lord willing, the rest of the week, we're going to get these out in the morning. They'll be anchored in the word morning reflections, but today is a little bit different. And uh, we had a very busy weekend. Uh, many of you um, know that we had the LIT conference, uh, Leaders in Training. It's a team conference that our church has hosted annually for over 20 years. And uh, we had, I think, around 13 or so t uh, churches that were there and uh, just had a great group out. Uh, the young people had a great time, got a lot of great feedback from our teen workers, and uh, it was great to have the guys from Maranatha and a couple other Bible colleges and uh, camps, and uh, just a good time of fellowship, a good time of biblical instruction. And uh, if you're interested in seeing uh, how that went or listening to any of the sessions, um, we do have that on YouTube and on Facebook as well as on our church website. And so those things are available if you're interested. We do plan to eventually uh, put out the individual sessions so that you could just go to the session. So if you wanna find individual sessions, you have to work your way through it. And I know at this time that might be a little bit frustrating, but uh, you will enjoy uh, the skits, the games, all those things. Uh, this past Sunday, yesterday, we were in Matthew chapter one. And this is the first sermon of our Christmas season. And if you uh, were in the service with us and you know that this is a very encouraging passage, uh, but the way that it starts is, is not encouraging. And so I'm gonna read the text and we're gonna talk about the brokenness of the world that we live in. And uh, we have to remember that this is a broken world, but it is also a world that uh, God is working in. And we see that in the text in front of us. So here's what we have, Matthew chapter one, verse one. It says, the book of the genealogy or generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac and Isaac begat Jacob and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And Judas begat Pharaoh and Zerah of Tamar. And Pharaoh begat Esram and Esram begat Aram. And Aram begat Aminadab and Aminadab begat Nassan and Nassan begat Solomon. And Solomon begat Boaz of Rahab. Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. And then if we skip down to verse number 16, it says, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14, and from David until the carrying away of, into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. She shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now, uh, what I'd like to do in kind of these introductory thoughts is notice how these words are stated so very carefully in these verses. Notice at the beginning in verse one, he says, this is the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, 
the son of David, the son of Abraham. But then when we come down to verse number 16, he says, Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Now, notice the way that's worded. It's, it's very, very specific. He is talking about Joseph being Mary's husband, but he is clear to make the point that Joseph is not Christ's father. You say, well, how does that work? Well, he explains it later on by saying in verse 18 that the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse of Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child, and there's the key statement, of the Holy Ghost. And then later on, it tells us in verse number 22, it says, this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now, a very important piece of the passage in front of us is not just what we will be looking at the rest of the week, but it's the emphasis on the fact that Jesus Christ's conception and birth was a miraculous conception and a miraculous birth because the Lord Jesus Christ was not conceived in the natural sense. The Lord Jesus Christ is God incarnate. That means he is God in flesh. When we look at the Lord Jesus Christ, we are looking at someone who is fully human and also fully God. In other words, Jesus did not begin to exist when he was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary. The Lord Jesus Christ has existed from eternity past. Jesus Christ is the eternal son. In John chapter 1, it says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. The text is very, very clear about this, that Jesus Christ's birth is a miraculous birth. And Jesus Christ would not have been uh, qualified to be able to be our Savior. His death on the cross could have been, would have been powerless to save us if He was a sinner, or if he was not God in flesh, as the text of Scripture states here. And so that's a very important piece. What we're looking at is Christ's genealogy through his guardian, not his father, Joseph. That, that distinction is made very clearly. And this, this genealogy that we're looking at is ultimately establishing his legal right to the throne of his father, David. Now, when we say his father, David, we don't mean his biological father, David. We're saying that, that he is legally, um, uh, his generation goes there through Joseph, who is his legal guardian. Now, what's interesting in the book of Luke is that Luke is going to trace the genealogy of Christ through his mother, Mary. And we will see that Mary also descended from David. So you could say that there uh, is a sense in which the humanity of Christ, who he is as a man, through Mary, does link him back to David and obviously to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. But we also see it through his legal guardian, Joseph. And so those distinctions are clearly made here. What he's doing is he's trying to connect the Lord Jesus Christ to the prophecies of the Old Testament. And not just the prophecies of the Old Testament, 
But he's also including some very important names from the Old Testament records that were a part of this story of the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ coming into the world. And that's where this issue of the brokenness of the world is going to come into play. And so, Lord willing, tomorrow when we dig into this text again, what we're going to do is we're going to highlight some of those names. We're not going to go deeply into the individual stories, but we are going to highlight that those names are mentioned for a reason. And when they were mentioned, it was, it was very unique. It was very unusual. Whenever we look at genealogies, it is very, very rare that the mother of a person is mentioned in those genealogies. It is almost entirely and always fathers begetting, uh, talking about these, these individuals being begotten by their fathers. And so this is different than the typical way that Jewish people in those days would have looked at this issue. That's to draw attention to the fact that these people's names are important. And it's also going to draw attention to what I think are the rich blessings that we will find as we unpackage this text uh, throughout the rest of the week. So we're going to get into this tomorrow, the brokenness of the world. But I, I want to kind of conclude with these couple thoughts. When we talk about the Lord Jesus Christ, we are talking about God in flesh, and we talk about him being God in flesh, we need to understand that he had to be fully God and fully man in order for uh, him going to the cross to actually cancel our sin debt. We have to be dealing with a sinless man. And the only way that that could have happened was through the miracle of the incarnation. And so this is important. When we celebrate the Christmas season, we are celebrating the birth of God in flesh the Emmanuel God with us person, the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal son taking on flesh at a point in time. And so as we get into the text, I hope that you will not only glory in God's ways, but glory in God's savior. Hopefully tomorrow morning, we will have out uh, episode two for the week. And uh, my plan is to get them out in the morning every single day uh, throughout the rest of the week. Have a blessed afternoon, and Lord willing, we'll meet again tomorrow. Bye now.